Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Jesus introduces another important contrast that has to do with the subject of prayer. We'll spend this week and the next in Matthew 6, 5 through 8. We'll quickly agree that praying is a good thing. Indeed, it's a commanded thing. We should pray often, even unceasingly. But like most good things, even prayer can be corrupted. We learned last week that giving to those in need can be done in ways that void many blessings from God that you might otherwise expect. The similarity in warnings about giving and prayer is this issue of doing so with hypocrisy in our hearts. In other words, doing a good thing outwardly, but with wrong motivations in the heart. It seems that if we're doing good things for the purpose of appearing to be righteous to our fellow man, well, let's just say that is not pleasing to God. We can conclude then that of utmost importance is that we as Christians know and understand the difference, so that as Colossians 1.10 says, we will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Pray Like This, Part 1. I was several times in the presence of a pastor that I knew. He's with the Lord now, and uh, he could pray, and he would make you suspect that you were hearing the echo of God's own voice. I mean, when, when he prayed, I felt small, <laughs> and that's a good thing, because in the eyes of God, I, I am, but, but I come to my loving Heavenly Father. When you hear some precious saint lapse into perfect Elizabethan English to pray, uh, you might wonder if God would ever be listening to your stumbling little prayers. When you're around people who seem to pray in public as if it's second nature, you wonder if your prayers could ever be adequate. Trust me, they are. Maybe... You're poor at speaking in front of people in any situation. And so to, to, to do something as intimate and personal as let someone else hear your prayers, that, that may paralyze you. I got good news for you. You got an inner room. Go there. Shut the door. Stammer. Babble. Repeat yourself. Spend as long as you need to. The good news is none of those things matter in prayer. The idea of using different pronouns and different verb forms in prayer or in quoting Scripture, that's utterly ridiculous. God listens to your heart. Speaking with God, by the way, is the one and only time that you can say that horribly overworked phrase, and it's true. You can say, you know... You know what I mean. Do you see it there? For your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask Him. He's the only one that you can say, you know what I mean, and you can know for sure that you are speaking to someone who truly knows what you mean. And better than that, 
He understands what you mean, probably better than you do. He cares more than anyone, and he can do something to help. My friends, don't let prayer intimidate you. Let prayer just warm your heart to say, I get to talk to God? And he knows, and he cares, and he deals with me individually and personally. I don't have to be dressed right, sitting in the right place. I can be in my inner place with the door shut. And he knows what I need even before I ask him. Now, my friends, I don't want to pray to anybody but him. If he didn't know what I need, why would I go to him? If he has to stumble around and figure it out. You never pray and God says, well, let me work on that a little while and I'll get back to you. God knows what you need before you ask. But notice the key thing. He knows what you need. We pray according to what we know. We ask for what we want. We ask for what we think best. And He gives us what we need. What we need for His glory. I'm going to share something with you as we close. I read it many, many years ago, and I've come back to it every time that I've studied prayer. It was written during World War II. So this was written before I showed up on the planet. It was written by an army chaplain. He wrote it in, uh, for, for his magazine, not the army chaplain's magazine, a magazine called His, a Christian periodical in those days. Used to have this system where people would print things up and staple them together and mail them to you. They were called magazines. Um, you know, it was kind of a physical blog, if you will. Um, he wrote this one for his magazine. The title was Some Pray and Die. Now, it gets to a question that I haven't fully touched on today. We'll, we'll do more when we study the so called Lord's Prayer. But this overlaps with the issue of us accepting the leading of God, with us coming to Him, understanding that He knows what we need before we even ask. See if your faith lines up with this guy's observations. It's a longer quote than I usually read, but I think you'll like it. He says, now remember, he's writing to men in war. Is there such a thing as getting the breaks in prayer? What about the fellows who pray regularly? but get killed regularly. I wish people would stop writing about the soldiers who pray and have their prayers answered by not getting killed. Why do all the other soldiers seem to get the wrong answer? What I want to know is what sort of an extra special super-powered prayer is needed to make everything turn out the way you want? That sounds facetious, almost irreverent, but I'm serious. I really want to know. I'm an army chaplain, and I could use some special prayers with my men, and heaven knows we need them badly at times. Because the fact is, there are always more men who pray to come back than there are men who get back. Quite a lot more. What is the deciding factor? The thing for all of us to remember is this. Someone else does the answering. 
What you have in mind may not be what God has in mind. If you ask him something, you must be willing to take what he gives. That is why I'm a bit depressed by the writings of those who try to get other people to pray by telling them that you get what you want. People must learn to want what they get. When I talk to soldiers about prayer, I try to tell them they must be adults. God expects us to be men. Only children demand a happy ending to every story. How old must we be before we begin begin to realize that even prayer can't get us everything we want unless the thing we want is right for us to have? Who gets the breaks in prayer? Nobody. There's no such thing. We get what God, in His infinite love and foreknowledge, sees fit to give. That's not always the same as getting what we want, but it ought to be. He wrestled with it. Hey, they, they all prayed they'd survive this battle, but 20 of them were killed. Do you understand? God is the one who's answering, and He knows what we need even before we ask. So we can pour out our heart to him. We can trust him. And, and understand, every prayer is answered. The typical three most common answers are yes, no, and not now. Or wait. Every prayer is answered. And do you, do you, real, do you hear in there the echoes of the heresies of our days? Come to Jesus and you'll get healthy and you'll get wealthy and you'll always get what you want. No, no, no. That's not God that we're talking about. Jesus says, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Let's ask him some things, shall we? Father, how we thank you for your your great grace. And we do ask you to strengthen our faith to comfort us in our afflictions, to encourage us in our moments of weakness, to embolden us in our moments of fear, to um, strengthen us for the task that you've called us to. And Father, I know that you know what we need even before we ask. How astounding, Father, that I can stand here in front of my friends and pray and know that you are dealing with every single heart individually exactly according to what we need. What a great God you are. What, a, what an unspeakable privilege to know you, to be declared righteous in Christ, to be justified by, by faith, to be, to be standing in grace, and to know, Father, that Not only do you delight to hear from us, but you delight to use us. In this season of celebrating the arrival of your Son, please put on our lips the great good news of the gospel, that that Son came and and he died and rose again and ascended back to you, all so that our sins can be forgiven. Thank you, Father, for this marvelous existence into which you've called us, that we know as eternal life. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.